rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. What? What? Hello. What's up? Ugh. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. We're doing a show. Why not? We meet here. We have a regular spot on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Give the show a good review on iTunes and keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it, you're worth it and live it. And what else? Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. We'll be, I'll be saying that throughout the show. I know, it's annoying. Okay. It's not as annoying as not being a patron. Being a patron is, oh God, we, we, we're up against the uh, last days of the American Republic. We're, we're up against the big moneyed interests that are dragging us back to the same system the founders rebelled against. I mean, we're the patriots. We are, um, and we need your help. That's it. So we can sp- get the word out, change the the memes out there, the thinking, the thought viruses going on that irritate the hell out of me. I'm tired. I don't know. I called up um, my representatives. Of course, they never call me back. <laughs> Why not? Bastards. Um, I leave them messages and I must sound like a lunatic. That's what I thought. That's probably why they think they probably think I'm a nut when I call. I, I might be a little nuts, but aren't we all? I'm not nuts in a I'm just regular old run of the mill nuts struggling in this kiss up kick down dis- disgrace to democracy that I live in. It's disgusting. Really, that I have to constantly actually I was on the f- I well, I'll get back to the calling the shrink. I mean calling the representatives because I was on the phone with my shrink today and I'm really I don't know where he stands, to tell you the truth. Sometimes he seems like a normal person, and then other times he seems like maybe he's he's not as uh, normal as I thought he was. So, meaning, he's like, well, why can't... Because I said something about health insurance, about this effing sick bastards trying to strip the American people of health insurance and how unpatriotic it is for those who have health insurance in this private market. Nobody likes the private market. We understand that. At least we get it. We understand each other. And, you know, it's bullshit that people like their private insurance. They just, they like going to the doctor. That's what they like. It's not their private insurance. Get sick on your private insurance, and then get back to me how much you love it. But he was saying, uh, I was like, I'm so sick of this goddamn health insurance my entire life. 
I'm telling you, my entire life in this effing country, I have had to worry and struggle and stress about health care, health insurance. Where am I going to get it? Who am I, am I going to get this job? Am I going to be able to keep it? Am I going to take Cobra? I mean, it's ridiculous. And having, because I work as a freelancer, and whenever I would get into a, uh, a group, sometimes you know how these companies work. They make outside, so you work for a big company, but you're not working for them. You're working for a staffing agency. So these big companies, they have a certain amount of people on the payroll officially, but then they have these staffing companies. And I know it's probably for dodging taxes or whatever else they're doing. And so sometimes they give you, you're able to buy into the health insurance of these companies. And so in throughout my career in TV, I've done that taken the the health insurance from these efforts in the staffing agencies not that they're effort. i mean not nothing personal you know what i mean i mean i think the whole thing is an effort that's what i mean so when i take it and then if the assignment ends or whatever then you're allowed to take cobra and having been having taken cobra thanks to ted kennedy by the way you see democrats they don't do uh, Republicans have never done a single thing to help the American people. But COBRA is, that was Ted Kennedy's thing. He pushed that through, got that passed. I mean, it's something, but it, it's really unmanageable. You have to buy, and you can only stay on it 18 months. And when I, years ago, when I was taking COBRA periodically here and there and different, I was able to afford it. It was not cheap. It was never cheap. It's always expensive. Now it's off the charts. I can't even, I can't afford it. So I don't get it. And uh, Cobra, I can't do, I mean, this is what we're up to. What, what we're up against, I mean, in this country, how we have been screwed. Every other effing country, nobody thinks about this. If they're sick, they go to the damn doctor. So I'm bringing it up because I was on the phone with my shrink today and he was like, he said something. Because sometimes he'll say, he seems like he agrees with me when I, I'm going off on what we talk about here. I mean, I don't know why I pay him. I'm, I might as well just do the damn show. And he, I said, uh, I, said I, I can't wait to this effing country has single pair. And then I was like, why did my grandmother leave Ireland? And... Then he said, why don't they allow uh, um, insurance, health insurance to, to uh, be sold across state lines? That's when I start thinking, where's this guy getting his information from? So, and I explained to him, I said, that's another Republican canard that favors the health insurance racket. Of course they want to sell it across state lines, just like, it, but it won't do anything to help the American people. What will happen is what happened with the credit card industries. One state, they'll start, the states will start vying, they'll start trying to outdo each other for the health insurance racket business. 
So they'll write laws that will deregulate and screw over the American people step by step by step until there's the bare minimum. And that's where the, all the insurance rackets, all the health insurance racketeers will incorporate in that one state. So it does nothing to reduce the price, but these effing Republicans, they, yeah, this is one of their great ideas, big ideas. You don't have to be a damn Miss Cleo to unpack the idea and figure it out. But they keep pushing it, pushing it. I'm tired of it. I'm going to crack, everybody. I will. I probably will crack. Maybe I have cracked already, and I don't, and I haven't noticed. Cause isn't that a hallmark of when you cracked? You don't realize it. You and other people know. They say you're cracked, and you're like, I don't know, am I cracked? I mean, that's the one of the telltale signs of insanity is that you don't know your limitations. The famous, uh, well, the Superman story, like, hey, I can fly, and then the guy flies out the window and dies, of course. You don't know your limitations. That's what uh, I, I believe Twitler is. That's, he's, he's insane. He doesn't know his limitations because he's a sociopath. He's got absolutely zero business being anywhere near the halls of power, but... He, he doesn't know that, and he's got an entire group. He's got 35% of the American people enabling him. So what was the other thing? Oh, so, yeah, I called up Schumer today and Gillibrand, and I didn't call AOC because whatever. She never returns my calls. So, um, and I was like, okay. Of course, they don't give you any fair warning when the, when the damn tape is going to go beep and stop recording you. So I was like, okay, um, I gave my name, my number. I said, I'm a constituent, but you know what? I am sick of it. I am sick of living in a country that is under the thumb of the minority, the minority fringe death cult who receive fewer votes who represent a minority of people, who only are in office because they rigged the system. So the minority, the ones who receive the most votes, don't get to be in the majority, don't get to serve the people. And I'm tired of it. So what are we going to do about it? Now they're ramming this Amy Coney Barrett illegitimately on us and Dragging us back. Everything we have fought for. They will roll back. And it's not because of religious, um, some kind of religious zealotry, even though that works too. Oh, here's the, somebody's ringing the bell. Oh. I'm not answering it. I'm, a, I'm doing a show. What do you want me to fucking do? Not, not that they can hear me. They're... Who is at the damn door at this time? Meep. Meep. Shit.
Shut up. Don't you can't you hear me? I'm cracking. Oh my god. All right, hold on. I'm going to pause. Be right back. Let me see if I can play a video for you. La 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 la. Mm -mm -mm. Let's see. Here, we'll we'll play this. Let me tell you what this book is about. This book is about the most long-lasting contribution that Donald Trump and Senate Republicans have made for the country. And that is putting young men and women who are strict constructionists who believe the job of judge is to follow the law on the courts. We did our 50th circuit court judge just yesterday. Sean, to put that in perspective, Barack Obama did 55 circuit judges in eight years. We've done 50 in three years, and we have at least a year left for sure. We're going to do more. One-fourth of the circuit judges, remember, most cases don't make it to the Supreme Court. Most complex litigation never makes it beyond the circuit courts. This has been the most long-lasting, important contribution the president could make well into the future, far beyond his tenure in office. Shut up. Uh, so All right. we'll have a Long judiciary. into the future. Okay, we went over this last night, but we're going over it again, I swear. Stupid bell. Nobody was there. Nobody was there. So they probably left. Who cares? Go away. Leave me alone. I'm having a nervous breakdown. So I called my representatives and I said, I'm tired. I'm tired of being under the tyranny of the minority. And what are we going to do about it? Will Democrats start acting like we are on the right side of history, please? Because we are the right side of humanity, the right side of receiving the most votes? How about that? And I, I, and if it comes down to it, let's goddamn secede. I'm sick of these friggin' propping up uh, the goddamn meth labs in Tennessee. Please, we have enough with our own meth labs here. So my, I'm sick of my blue state dollars funneling out of my pocket, going into Mitch McConnell's pocket and the pocket of his Chinese spy wife, and then funneling it all up to the top so they can ram more illegitimate Supreme Court justices or, or just court justices or ju judges in general. Jesus. I can't, Errol Thomas says, next time hang up a sign that says, nobody's home, fuck off, before you do your show. I live on the seventh floor. I am in an apartment, so I really couldn't do that because there's other people who live here. <laughs> they wouldn't appreciate that. Fuck off. I should, though. I know what it is. It was probably from Amazon because I ordered a little glow-in-the-dark thing for for Ray, my little Ray. And I think that's what it was. It might have been, because I ordered it from Amazon. You know how they are. It, meep, meep. Even though I know Amazon is a, is a, in the evil empire, but we got to live in the world, right? Oh, that's like, okay, that's another thing that annoys me about right-wingers. It's like you can't criticize. You can't have any opinion on the world or try to make the world a better place because 
oh, you drive a car with gasoline, so you therefore you can't say anything about the big oil uh, impact on Earth. You fly in a plane. Oh, so you're a hypocrite. So you are of the world. So that means you can't say anything about how we should improve the world. And Republicans, in their mind, that's how they have the moral high ground. You see, they're just, they're exposing. We're such hypocrites, right? Al Gore rides in a plane. So let's all burn up to prove a point. Oh, God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So, yeah, I'm losing it, guys. I am losing it. If if he steals this election, I, I, I mean, the whole thing is watching Amy Coney Barrett, I want to vomit. I really do. I want to effing vomit. She's disgusting. And they all, they're all disgusting. All of the Republicans... Every single one of them, all of the illegitimate Supreme Court justices. Why? Uh, this is the other thing when I called them. And then, I mean, I should keep calling them. They think I'm nuts anyway. So why don't they say, why do the, Repu- why do the Democrats go along with it? By not pointing out that all of these Supreme Court justices are 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 illegitimate it's like they're okay with being bamboozled and tricked and having Mitch McConnell wipe his ass with this country with the with the with democracy itself with everybody who ever died for this country he is pissing on your graves frankly Everybody who ever bled, fought, and died for this country. So Mitch McConnell, a grifter, a traitor, with a Chinese spy wife. And you know she's a spy. They're all goddamn spies. They hate this country. They're not working for this country. There's no borders at their level. They only talk about borders to get the dum-dums hopped up. Because they're afraid. That's when they they talk about borders. But to them, their only border is uh, is money, money. It erases all borders. They don't give a crap about this country. They don't give a crap about this country in the least. Not the people who live in it. Not anything about this country. Not the ideology of the country not the what the the ideals of the country of what it's supposed to mean they have no interest in this and they're so they're so full of shit i want to i want to vomit i really do they want they make me sick just like they make the country sick with their hypocrisy they're unabashed hypocrisy and i'm done i'm done democrats stop being nice to them they're illegitimate 
and we have a duty to call them out. Absolutely. Oh, where is this? Okay, all right. There's many things I want to talk about. There's before I go. Uh, I mean, go crazy. Finally, go nuts. What is it like to go nuts n completely? Maybe it's better. My problem is, is that I'm not nuts. You know what I mean? I'm actually, I'm the opposite of nuts. I am hyper aware. I wish I was nuts. Where I can tune out. I don't know. What is, what's it like? Must be nice. Oh. All right. Thank you, Haku, for your super chat. Thank you, Shannon, of course, for your super chat. Thank you, Tara. Shannon writes, we stick together. Absolutely. Jim, of course. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And thank you, Richard W., for your super chat. And Richard W. says, here is my review. Tara, show is awesome. That's good. Thank you. Put that on iTunes. And share it with your friends so we can grow the show and get the word out. That Get the word out before it's too late. Honestly, really. That's what we have to do. We're up against... Okay, I'll play many things tonight that pissed me off. Amy Coney Barrett. Let's just start there. Her whole... Uh, uh, let's start here. This shit. With the paper? Did you see that? Oh. Here, here. Let's play it. She does, She's taking notes? Or she's not taking... She's not reading any notes. Oh, wow. Whoopie doopie. Now, we understand. Cons are easily impressed. Clearly. Look at their standard bearer. It doesn't take much to impress a right winger. Here. You know, most of us have multiple notebooks and notes and books and things like notes that. Notes and of books and reads and letters. Referring to and answering our questions. <laughs> Is there anything on it? Uh, that letterhead that says United States Senate. Oh, well. <laughs> that's, impre that's impressive. Wow, she's well, Judge, amazing. Uh, She's not reading any notes. Your or not to your qualifications. That's your impressive. Who brings notes to a job interview, by the way? I don't remember any other justices referring to notes anyway. Did Kavanaugh have notes when he was having a, a meltdown and crying about how much he likes beer? But... That's who Republicans are. We Oh, look at how amazing she is. She doesn't have any notes. What do you need notes for? Why? Why would you need notes? It doesn't make any sense, really, but it's anything to blow smoke up their asses. She's not in, she's not impressive. She's an ideologue. And it's not just her stance on women's rights and the rights of minority or rights of anyone who is not a rich white man that's of concern. It is her 
her history, this is why she's being put on the court, her history of being in the bag for the corporate interests, period, kicking down on labor, the little guy, anybody trying to get ahead. That's who Amy Coney Barrett is. And we also, we already know that she has zero ethics and zero honor by the fact that she's participating in this scam. That, you know, they're all, they are all without honor. And uh, that's another thing the Democrats need to call them out on. Enough is enough. They don't have any honor. That's why um, Obama left 200 seats open for Mitch McConnell. He didn't leave it open. They pulled their dirty tricks because they don't have any honor and they want to destroy democracy. They don't have an interest in having a functioning democracy. Look at what they do. Know them by their fruits. Oh, you're being hyperbolic. They, if they say that um, you are not patriotic and you say they are not patriotic, then it sort of nulls, null, um, cancels each other's out. I can't talk. Why am I saying that? The, the, the cancels each other out. Maybe this is how it goes when you go nuts. You just like cancel and then you just babble. But um. Regardless of the reaction or what they will say, we have a duty to speak the truth and without apology. That's why I say this is unapologetic liberal talk because we don't have to apologize for being right, for for being the... um, the keepers of um, the democratic, the dreams of a, of a functioning democratic republic, bringing that, you know, the aspirational blueprint that we were given that we've never actually brought to fruition, but bringing that to fruition. We can do that. It's not that hard, but we have the fascist corporate corporate monsters standing in the way as they have always stood in the way but we have to call them out FDR called them out he he gave the Democrats a um, he modeled how you treat the fascists how you deal with them how you speak to the people about them how you you know you don't you don't um, try to bring them on side. What side? You're either on the right side of history or you're not. If they don't want to be on that side, then we have a duty to call them out. To give credit where credit is due, frankly. When they're, you know, the party of personal responsibility, when they crash the economy three times in a hundred years, Give them the goddamn credit. Oh, my God. Well, get me out of here, really. Somebody, if anybody is listening in um, Ireland, you got any room in your basement for a lesbian and three cats? 
<clears throat> now I'm going to choke. <clears throat> Thank you, Comfy Socks, for your super chat. Kitty treat fund, yes. <laughs> really. It's getting... The kitty treat fund is... Uh, I'm going to have to keep that. We're going to have to fill that up. Can you fit in a mailer? I doubt it. Not three, not me and three cats. Should I mail myself across the ocean and and leave it up to fate where I land? Yeah. That's with all my luck. I'll croak on the way over and the cats will end up eating my face. They couldn't help it. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it against them if they had to. It doesn't matter. You don't need a face when you're dead. Who cares? Listen to this. All right, here's... They're talking about court packing now. Here's another thing that's pissing me off. We're constantly using the frames of the fascists. Oh, court packing. Now the media is all concerned about court packing. Well, where the F have they been? Yeah, there's somebody's packing the court, and it's not the Democrats. It's been the Republicans packing the court for a long last time. Well, before actually, let me get to this because this is from before we get to that. Well, I want to talk about the court packing. David Sirota's, um, what do you call it? His email that he sends out every day, his newsletter. So, he wrote about Amy Coney Barrett. So, let me read it. This is David Sirota's from his Daily Poster. It's called the Daily Poster uh, Congress. Oh, yes. Okay. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom to post. So, that's where, why it's called Daily Poster. You could sign up for his newsletter and receive this in your inbox like I do. So David Sirota writes, Friends, last night our scoops about Amy Barrett were featured on NBC News and the confirmation hearing. And at the confirmation hearing this morning, there's been mention of the little notice case that we exposed. Once again, it's proof that our small team is having a big impact. Okay, well, he's this is a pitch for money. Let me just play the the interview that he's referring to when he was on uh, he was on Peacock NBC and he gave an interview about Amy Coney Barrett and I'm trying to get it I will I'll get there eventually don't worry hold on everybody in the meantime become a patron or give the show a good review blah 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 on iTunes here we go this is David Serrata being interviewed about Amy Coney Barrett. There's a huge amount of money, as you said, behind the uh, Barrett nomination. And that money, uh, typically, that kind of money, ten, you know, millions and millions of dollars, that kind of money flows in not because of, of people who want uh, uh, her to overturn Roe, uh, not because of her positions on social issues, although I'm sure conservatives are sympathetic to that, to say the least, but because she has been a judge who has delivered for corporations and corporate power. Uh, she has delivered rulings that have made it harder for workers to get over 
overtime pay. She has uh, delivered rulings uh, that have made it hard, harder to hold uh, employers accountable for age discrimination. She's uh, issued rulings uh, that, that make it harder for federal agencies to go after uh, uh, corporate wrongdoers. Uh, in 55 cases before uh, her, her, uh, her lower co court, uh, she ruled 76 percent of the time uh, for corporations in those 55 cases dealing with corporations and workers. So the point here is that the Supreme Court is dealing wow. as much, if not more, with issues of corporate power. And that's why they want Amy Barrett on the court. There you go. Even if she was this religious ideologue that was all about shoving her her version of morality, her sick version of sticking her Republican nose into your doctor's office and calling that freedom. If that was the case, would she be the pick of these fascists? No, it's because of her being a a, a, a pretty solid vote for the big moneyed interests who run this country. They're throwing a bone to the right-wingers, to the evangelicals, the so-called evangelicals, the so-called religious people. They're not religious. They may think they are. It's sort of like the right-wingers think they're patriotic. They're not. They're as patriotic as the uh, evangelicals are religious. They're not religious. They're not, well, maybe they are. They're not they certainly don't practice what they preach. They're not, they don't show any uh, compassion, love, understanding, healing, unity. All of the things that the Jesus they pretend to worship instructed them to, to, to do. They didn't, you know, Jesus said more about visiting prisoners than he did about gays. He said nothing about gays, about how, having um, a relationship with somebody with the same peepee. That was not on his mind. So why aren't these right-wingers visiting people in prison and comforting them? No, they want to shove people. They don't even want people to get to prison. Frankly, they want them choked out on the street. So here's another thing that is upside down in this world when they say, oh, the evangelical vote, the religious religious people vote, Republican. They have stolen the moniker or that label. They're not religious. I know, I know people who are, they believe in whatever. They are people of faith. They believe in Jesus. I know these people. My, a good friend of mine, yeah, I'm sure he... I don't know if he listens to the show, but we grew up together. He's a priest now. We grew up. He's he's gay. I think he's an Episcopalian priest or something. I don't know. Whatever. He's a, he's a Christian. I don't know what denomination, but he is a true follower of Jesus. He f he follows the teachings of the socialist hippie who walked around giving out free health care and caring about those on the wrong side of uh, Reaganomics, so to speak. So they stole that. 
they stole that uh, you know the the whole frame of uh, being religious they stole the whole frame of being patriotic when they're not they're none of these things they're zealots they are cultist so oh god help us why is Cory Booker trending Oh, okay. President Trump refers to Cory Booker's failed presidential candidacy as well as his health care record in response to the senator's appearance in the, oh, oh, God help me, in the confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, I want to vomit. This is why I want to vomit. Look at this picture. Look at her. Look, I have a blank piece of paper. So what? I don't understand why Republicans are so easily impressed. Of course, well, what What am I saying? Of course I understand. Because they're not, they're low-effort thinkers. They're, they cheer a con man, a serial bankrupt tax-cheating con man, because he played a successful businessman on reality TV. They're easily impressed by idiocy by not by things that are not impressive what the hell is so impressive about the fact that she's sitting there with a blank piece of paper in front of her they put it there for her to make notes that she wants to if she wanted to refer back to if that if anything that says she's full of shit she has no interest she's going through the motions she doesn't care about answering their questions. She just wants to get through this process and get her right-wing fascist ass, her illegitimate ass, on that bench, lickety-split, so she can kill more Americans and put the rest of us in our place. Despite receiving fewer votes. Oh, no, I, I'm not talking about her. All of them. They are illegitimate, and they don't have the right. Really? She sits on an illegitimate seat now. She's going to be another illegitimate justice who is pushing an illegitimate, um, unpopular ideology on the American people, despite the party shoving her on the court, receiving fewer votes, representing fewer people, and only in power because of the tyranny of the minority and the dirty tricks. Voter suppression, gerrymandering, I'm sick of it. What kind of country do you expect to have when we're under the thumb of a maniacal minority. Nobody wants to be like Kentucky, I hate to tell you. You know what I mean? Nobody. They're not looking to Kentucky for inspiration. We have UN inspectors. Was that in Kentucky? or I know it was in some red state where they said... They went into these red states 
they were doing inspections on water, the sewage or something. There was they they hadn't seen such filth. The people living around open sewers. They see that kind of crap in developing countries, and they were shocked. Where was that? That's why I need a producer or somebody in the in here to be like, so I can say, look up that article. You know what I'm talking about. So let me see. You, you and inspectors, inspectors. Uh, let's see, developing countries, um, United States. See if I can find the article. Sewer, sewage, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. From NPR. The UN looks at extreme poverty in the U.S. Okay. Okay, here it is. Of course. I have all this shit. No wonder I have a knot in my stomach. This is stuff that rolls around constantly. It's when I wake up in the middle of the night. <sighs> okay. From this is an article from 2017. The UN is investigating extreme poverty in the U.S. Some might ask why the UN Special Repertoire on Extreme Poverty and Human Rights would visit a country as rich as the United States. But despite great wealth in the U.S., there's also great poverty and inequality. That was part of the statement issued by Philip Alston a New York University law and human rights professor who is leading this mission. This month, his team set out to visit, to visit cities and towns in Alabama, California, Puerto Rico, and West Virginia, as well as Washington, D.C. The findings will be made public on December 15th. As NPR reported this fall, one sign of the poverty in Alabama is the reemergence of hookworm documented in this new study. Hookworm thrives in regions of extreme poverty with poor sanitation and affects some 740 million people worldwide. Developing nations with warm, moist climates in regions like South America, South Asia, and Southeast Asia are most susceptible to the worm. Hookworm primarily spreads when an infected person defecates outside, leaving behind stool contaminated with hookworm eggs. Once the eggs hatch, the soil becomes infested with worms, which can latch on to bare feet of anyone walking by. The microscopic worms burrow into the body through hair follicles and ultimately worm their way into the small intestines to feed on blood. Welcome to America. Are we great yet? One form of hookworm can be ingested via contamination um, of soil or food. I guess the soil gets in your mouth or something. Who knows? Ingested via contaminated soil or food. Or maybe the food is contaminated by the contaminated soil. Hookworm was rampant in the U.S. more than 100 years ago. It thrived in, in the poor South. 
where many families could not afford proper outhouses and sewer systems were rare. Well, thanks socialism, right? Just like we brought electricity with the Tennessee Valley Authority. When FDR said, you know, there's more, th- there is a um, community good. We all need to be connected by electricity. We, we, we can't leave these rubes literally sitting in the dark, even though they're figuratively sitting in the dark. But private, the private companies wouldn't run wires out there. That's just too remote. It's not in their interest. There's no market, market for it. What's, what's in it for them? So government did it. Just like the post office, you know, connects every con- community, whether it's profitable or not. God, I can't take it. Here we go. Uh, let's see, let's see. Thanks to widespread treatment efforts, education, and economic development, the parasitic worm was eradicated in the U.S., although the date um, isn't exactly clear. Somewhere between 1950 and 1980s, the hookworm is now just a problem in the developing world, or so we thought. In the study, 19 of 55 individuals in Alabama tested positive for the hookworm. 19 out of 55. Those aren't good odds. That's close to half. which was thought to have been eradicated in the 1980s. I was very surprised by this, says Dr. David DeMart, a hookworm expert at George Washington University. There's not been any documentation of people being infected in the U.S. for about, for the past couple of decades. How is this possible? Alabama is one of the poorest, oh wait, where is it? Loud, loudness, loudness? How do you, of course they would have a, County called Lone, no, Lone Des. Lone Des? How do you pronounce that? Lone Des. It's probably like, low damn, dirty dog, Lone Dames. Ding, 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 dong, ding, dong, dong. Oh, Lounds. Bing, bang, 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 bang. Lounds. Lounds County. Alabama is one of the poorest counties in the U.S., so poor that many residents lack proper sewage systems. Unable to afford a septic system, residents concoct their own sewer line using PVC piping, the researchers observed. The pipe runs from toilets in their homes and stretches off from some 30 feet above the ground until it reaches a small ditch. This seems safe. Well, that's not, that's not them. That's the doctor talking. This seems safe to the residents, says Dr. Mejia, a pediatrician and infectious disease specialist at the Baylor College of Medicine who led the hookworm study. But Alabama is very hilly, and any drizzle of rain causes flooding, so whatever they delivered to the site spreads to the entire area, including their neighbor's area. The soil in the area also drains poorly, worsening the situation. 
When the trenches overflow, the soil becomes contaminated with waste. Anyone walking outside barefoot or even with bare ankles risks hookworm infection. That's because the worms are expert at latching onto passersby. What's worse, even homes can become contaminated. Nearly three-quarters of study participants reported that at one point or another, raw sewage had made its way back into their house. Flooding often carries sewage to their doorways, and drainage pipes can become overwhelmed with rain, flushing waste back into the home. Then welcome to America, everyone. This is, I'm sure, a real MAGA county, too. You know it. They're all MAGA, MAGA this, MAGA that, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. They're all cheering. Amy Coney Barrett, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. My God. Uh Maya's team tested for multiple parasites prevalent in the tropics, including hookworms. Stool samples revealed that community members had one or two hookworm eggs per gram of stool. That differs from what researchers see in other counties or countries where hookworm is a problem. In poorer areas of Argentina, I've seen people with 1,000 or 5,000 or even 20,000 eggs per gram of stool. The reason is likely that there are more hookworms infesting the soil in poorer countries, perhaps because of high rates of open defecation. Hookworm does not replicate inside you. They don't mate inside you and have baby hookworms, the doctor explains. The only way... To increase the number of worms in your gut is to be exposed to the larvae outside. DeMart hypothesizes that residents of Alabama of this Alabama community are only periodically exposed to the worms. Treatment is easy. One dose of abenazole, two two hundred milligram pills, can clear the worms, but the cost. Okay, the cost. You see, there's that free market again. That healthcare market, that private healthcare that everybody loves. But the cost can be a prohibitive problem. So, enjoy your hookworms, America. You don't see those hookworms in Canada. Even in poorer countries, but I mean counties, but even in the poorer counties, they don't live like they live here. Jesus Christ. Hooking up sewage, their own sewage? What the, oh, Jesus. We can't prevent people from getting reinfected until they deal with their sewage problem. You can give as much education as you want, ain't that the truth? But if you if they still have a flooding and uh, no resources for proper plumbing, you can't do much to stop it from happening again. Well, that sounds like the story of this damn country. Fixing the problem is next to impossible for much of the community, according to the research team. The average income in Launis Launis? How do you say that again? I don't care. Whatever. How do you say it? Lowndes, Lowndes County, is 18000 That's the average income. And a septic system for a single home, 
is about 15,000. In my study, we have a very poor, disenfranchised population that is being neglected. That's the Republican way. Why don't they find their bootstraps and marry a, 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 a billionaire? Marry somebody who has some kind of um, pillow, what do you call infomercial or something? Or Amway or some kind of scam to separate people from their money. Your initiative. I'm sure these are people that are flying the flag outside their hovels and tracking hookworming. They're saying how they love that Donald. They love them some Donald Trump because they don't like that Hillary bitch with her emails. They're still talking about her emails. And I love this Republican, the whole uh, Joe Biden is losing it. Joe Biden, oh, he's he's slipping. He's deteriorating. He's deteriorating. And mental decline. Do they know who they voted for? Honestly, it's ridiculous. He's got mental decline? You're talking about somebody who cannot help but but have a tweet storm in the middle of the night. Because he can't control himself. And an entire party of enablers. I mean, Pence, think about that debate. He proved us right. And what Michael Cohen said, following up, that he's just as evil. He's, he's part of the problem. Pence. All of them. President Donald Trump. No, President Donald J. Trump thinks about the American people every single day. Shut the F up. My God. He knows who Donald Trump is. And he doesn't even call him Donald. What a dynamic that is. It's like right out of North Korea. President Donald J. Trump. He worry he worries about the American people. There is no hill he won't climb, no water he won't swim, no people he won't call fat if it were gonna save at least one precious and human American life. We would move heaven and earth to save one precious American human life. Of course, losing any precious American human life is a tragedy beyond comprehension. But we would move heaven and earth to save if we could only go back and roll back time with this filthy China virus. It should never have came here. It, it should never have happened. It's just the China virus. What are we going to do? We would move heaven and earth, but we won't wear a mask. We would move heaven and earth, but we won't stop lying. We won't get our front 
line uh, friggin' first responders the proper equipment they need. We won't, we won't move heaven and earth to get the American people on the food lines the resources they need not to be on a food line. We won't move heaven and earth to stop the next Republican Great Depression, which is happening right now. We won't do that. We just got some crocodile tears for you, though. Oh, we will move heaven and earth. You won't point out the truth about your filthy 25th Amendment deserving standard bearer who should never have been anywhere near the halls of power. But he has a a bunch of fascist lickspittles. He could count on them. That's why he ran as a Republican. He would never run as a Democrat because everything you could say about the Democrats, and I do, they would never, ever, in a, in a any fevered dream, apocalyptic nightmare scenario you could come up with, they would never make the likes of Donald Trump their standard bearer. You know that. In my study, we have very poor, disenfranchised population that is being neglected. Everyone, okay, well, here, everybody in the study was African-American and living below the poverty line. Well, that's why there's no problem, nothing. Just like when coronavirus was affecting uh, primarily or many Americans in the African-American community, eh. It's only happening in blue states? Fuck them. People with darker pigment? Fuck them. That's what Jared Kushner said. Oh, wow. Great. It's only happening in blue states? Great. We would move heaven and earth to save one precious American human life. Every American human life. Is is like a little fetus. It's like a clump of cells to us. It is life, and we love life in the greed-centered death cult. We love it so much that we will move heaven and earth to ensure American life, except do anything like wear a mask. We won't wear a mask, but we'll move heaven and earth. Study participants were alerted if they had hookworm and encouraged to follow up with their primary care physician. <laughs> oh, isn't that... That is so... That is so quaint and... That is so rich. They were encouraged to follow up with their... What? Um, excuse me, Jim Bob. Bing, 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 bong. You have hookworm. Sorry, Uh, sucks to be you. We encourage... (laughs) Wait, hold on. We encourage you to follow up with your primary care physician. (laughs) 
in the United States of Serfs and Lords. So, where am I? Where am I? Who am I? What am I doing? What's happening? Where, who am I? What am I? Who am I? Oh my God, Newton Huff is back. How is this going on? What is going on? Who am I? Newton, can you hear me? How is he here? Every every time I have a show, he's like the biggest fan of Terror Buster. I truly hope he learned something. Maybe he, he'll wake the hell up, frankly, right? Wouldn't that be nice? We will save some Republican from uh, the shame of looking back on his useless, wasted life as the dupe of a con man and a greed-centered fascist death cult um, who hates this country. Then I will say it was all worth it to save... One, if I could save one precious human, well, subhuman Trump and Z life, it will be all worth it. Uh, thank you, Errol Thomas, for your super chat. Yes, three weeks from now, vote blue. Exactly. I don't care. Oh, Biden, he's losing it. He's he's not the same old Biden. It's, it's uh, malpractice or whatever they were saying. It's really cruel putting him, making him the president because he's lost his a few steps. He doesn't have, he's not the same. Yeah, he's not as um, scintillating as this. Bing, bing. I love it. I love it. I'm sitting there tweeting. Bing, bing, bing. You press a button. Bing, bing. They all hand you checks. Bing, 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 bing. We had our beautiful Marine standing there. Bing, 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 bing. You know, in the old days, bing, bong. You know, with the map, bing, 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 bing. I love it. I love it. I'm sitting there tweeting. Bing, bing, bing. You press a button. Bing, bing. They all hand you checks. Bing, 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 bing. We had our beautiful Marine standing there. Bing, 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 bing. You know, in the old days, bing, bong. You know, with the map, bing, bing, bing. bing. Little mouth on him. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, 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 bing. Bing, bing, bing. They're cleaning up. Fix it up. Bing, bing, bing. I don't feel good about turning down money. Because my whole life, I've been greedy, greedy, greedy. I've grabbed all the money I could get. I'm so greedy. How about this? Ah. Ah, it didn't play. The video didn't play. What happened there? The video was broken. Let's see. I don't feel good turning down money. I'm so greedy, greedy, greedy. Isn't that one of the seven deadly sins? Didn't Jesus say it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle? than the rich, a rich man, or, well, of course, man, to get into heaven. And what does that mean? It means that it's impossible. You can't take it with you. Don't be a filthy, disgusting, greed-centered ghoul or ghost of the Gilded Age. That's what it means. Don't be a dupe of those filthy, greed-centered ghouls and ghosts of the Gilded Age. 
Hmm. Let's see. Newton Huff, are you offering to buy me lunch? He's writing. I don't. Hmm. Anyway, all right. What was I going to play? Who am I? What am I? Thank you, Newton, for hanging out. That's all I can say. You're here every day, and we can't do it without you. Thank you. You're like a top super fan. We love it. Why don't you come over to... Don't be afraid. Go to YouTube. There's a lot more... There's more of a community at YouTube. Not that Facebook. Uh, if you're on Facebook and... I'm not trying to put anybody down on Facebook, but go to YouTube, youtube.com slash C for channel slash RDT daily. Yes, RDT daily media. You know what I'm saying? But he's really, you know what it is? I'm looking at the comments from other people. He's sort of like annoying. It's like a little gnat, Newton. I'm not sure what he's saying, though. I don't see his comments. What are you saying to these people, Newton? Why? Why don't you leave them alone? Hmm? Newton. Little Newton Huff. I'm glad you're here. That's all I can say. Just behave yourself. You know what I mean? Be a human. Whatever your standard bearer does, don't be like that. Try to be a normal person. All right, enough with Newton. If Tell me, guys, if Newton gets out of hand, just let me know. I have the ultimate power. You know what I'm saying? We can get rid of him. Not that I'm saying... I'm, I am saying, be nice, Newton. You're allowed, of course. But if I got if I get a bunch of complaints that you're not being that you're being mean, I'm not gonna let. We have enough of you all over. We have to deal with the ultimate Twitter troll in chief in the White House, and the all of the other Republicans. All right. We don't need to deal with it here. Oh, hi, Tara Jr. Jr. Hi. What are you doing? Come on up. Everybody. Tara Jr. Jr. <laughs> How you doing? How's your day? I think tomorrow I will start the process of introducing all the cats We'll start with feeding them on the opposite side of a closed door. We'll do that for like a week. So they will be able to smell each other and eat and feel, oh, okay. It's not a threat. Ray isn't a threat. Good things happen when Ray's around. That's what we're going to do. And then we'll start. I'll ha I have a screen. I'll... I should film it. It's a process. What was I saying? Okay, 
on here's the thing that's annoying besides everything else that this whole court packing frame that's pissing me off they keep asking joe biden what do you think about packing the court what do you think of, you will you pack the court they republicans already already packed the court where was the media in their outrage when they were blocking the twice legally elected in a landslide two times, our president, the president who the people said, you should have that constitutionally proscribed duty to seat justices and judges. We, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, Mitch McConnell wasn't blocking Obama. He was, blocking the American people. You see, now what he's doing, he's pushing his minority greed-centered death cult ideology onto a country and a people that don't want it. He didn't receive the most votes. He doesn't represent the <laughs> a large group of people Go put your go go to Tennessee, wreck Tennessee. Oh, it's not as profitable. I get it. You and your Chinese spy wife would want to you. You got to destroy the whole country, the whole Democratic Republic that progressives founded. So, in order to. <clears throat> Here, let's let's watch this. Here's the the view. You're so annoying. Here we go. By adding Supreme Court justices, if he's elected now, should he uh, just put this matter to bed and answer, or does he have every right not to play his hand, whatever it may be? What do you think, Joy? Of course, he shouldn't answer well, it. Well, let me show you this tape of Mitch McConnell before we get to that. Show this tape. So I was shocked that uh, former President Obama left so many vacancies and didn't try to fill those positions. I'll Senator, tell you why. I'll tell you uh, why. Uh, I was in charge of the uh, of what we did the last two years of the Obama administration. I give I, and Ugh, I will give you full evil credit face. for that. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so they think it's funny okay. that. Yeah. So, okay. What do you What do you say? So Moscow, say, Mitch. Uh, uh, Joy. Basically, Moscow. Moscow, Moscow Mitch admits that he stacked the court, that he blocked Obama from getting any judges in for two years. He stopped uh, the Merrick Garland uh, uh, nomination. Now he's pushing uh, this Comey right. woman through, uh, or Barrett, rather. Um, and so yeah. if, the, if the Democrats feel that they want to put more justices in, uh, they should do it. But I don't believe, because it's it's not just about being vindictive, it's about right. justice. It's about, you know, it's about, they're totally justified in doing it because mm -hmm. they need more people to get the balance going. But I don't think that mm -hmm. Joe Biden should uh, show his hand now. Absolutely, Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. The base will, will be yeah. disappointed if he says he's not going to do it. And the rest of the country gets upset when, when he says he's going to don't do it. Don't play into his hand. Side. So why should, play right. a dead hand, Joe. There you play go. Play a dead hand. Yeah. What do you think, Sarah? 
Well, if we're talking strictly political strategy, which is not mm. my strength, I would say don't answer it and play the games you're going to play. But as a concerned voter, I disagree with packing the Supreme Court. I actually firmly think it's a dangerous precedent. Ugh. I think that by adding uh, uh, justices to the nine-person court right now um, will be a, a, a game that cuts two ways. When the party changes and the power changes, they can keep adding and stacking more so justices. What? That's what RBG it goes to. herself actually Fine. said she never agreed with that by politicizing the court. We get the court back and we fix the goddamn democracy. So the fascists who receive fewer votes don't get the opportunity to continue packing the courts. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the court has to be nine people. And in fact... It changed. I think it was in the first 80 years of the country, the court, the, the numbers of people on the court changed, I think, around seven times, if I'm not mistaken. Court, she said it, it starts a dangerous trend. And why? Dangerous? You know, What's more dangerous than the tyranny of the mi minority? Than this illegitimate Supreme Court? Than having the majority of the court now we have four, that will be four, with this Amy Coney bitch, that will be four illegitimate Supreme Court justices put on the court by so-called presidents who receive fewer votes. Bush installed by the Supreme Court. He received fewer votes. And then we have this fascist, illegitimate Twitler monster this wannabe dictator who has zero interest in democracy, who is a tax cheat, a draft dodger, a fake billionaire, a, a, a scam artist, that's all he is, a fake university, a fake vitamin scam. It's disgusting. That's who you're voting for, Newton. A, a, a grifter who has... A, who had a multi-level marketing vitamin scam that went bankrupt in two years because he sucks at business. But what billionaire develops or signs on to a multi-level marketing vitamin scam? What billionaire? You, you, I'll wait. Give me a break. Sucker. Suckers. Suckers are born every minute. Trump Anzies are living proof. Unfortunately, they're dragging us down with them. If they can't handle living in a democracy where the people, you know, um, if you have an idea, you want to shove your, your um, 16th century ideas on the country, then build a coalition, knock on doors, get a group together, get the most votes. But you can't do that. You want to rip health care from people? They couldn't do it in an election. They couldn't do it in the midterm elections, in then the presidential elections, and then again election they couldn't do it when twitler had was squatting in the white house despite receiving fewer votes they still couldn't do it so they got to do it this way they have to 
destroy the American people any which way they can. Because you can't have people getting too uppity, thinking that they have any power over corporate interests. Money is the only thing that matters, not you, not your life, not your son's life, your daughter's life, your mama's life. If you have some kind of sickness, oh, effing well, go die. There is a reason why suicide rates go up under conservative, illegitimate conservatives. I mean, conservatives, they've done studies, and we'll get to that. Suicide rates go up. Of course they do, because what do conservatives do but pull people's lifelines, kick down on the already downtrodden. They never lift anybody up. It's always a a way to divide and conquer. And the dupes fall for it all the time. That's what pisses me off about them. Well, besides everything else about the Republicans uh, politicizing this court, the solution is not to then politicize the court. Bullshit, you're not polit... Oh, really? The, the solution is not politicizing the... It's not politicizing. If they politicize the court, what are you supposed to do? Now we're supposed to, oh, well, roll over? So they pack the court with illegitimate, less votes... The, uh, you know, the, the, the so-called president who received fewer votes packs the court with illegitimate justices who are shoved on the court through illegitimate means. And she, I guess it seems like she's got some kind of moral high grounds with this argument. Oh, the, the answer isn't to politicize the court. It's already politicized. We're trying to balance the scales. Let's listen to her again. They can keep adding and stacking more justices. Uh RBG herself actually said she never agreed with that by politicizing the court. She said it it starts a dangerous trend. And why? It's already a dangerous trend. We've we've passed the line of dangerous trend the first time the Supreme Court installed a president who received fewer votes. The dangerous trend is way in the rearview mirror. We're trying to return this country back to the people. The only way we can do it is by nullifying their illegitimate Supreme Court and and other justices that they shoved on there, that they followed the Nazi play. But how about somebody tell this woman that? That's what the Nazis did. That's what every authoritarian takeover looks like. They vilify the press. They tell, they devalue the currency of truth. Truth is whatever the the dictator says it is. They have completely done that to the to the dum dums who follow them. And then you pack the courts. So when democracy is on the ballot and everything's on the ballot, and then you get to the court looking for justice, well, at least we still have laws. We still have a constitution. You get to the court and, I'm sorry, bub-bub, boo-boo. We've nullified the court. 
The court is ours. That's how you destroy a democracy, legally, legally and peacefully. That's what the Nazis did. Somebody's, what's going on? There's a horn going off outside. Oh, man, this is so irritating. The answer isn't to stack the court. It's already been politicized, so the answer isn't, what is the answer then? What's the answer? So they illegitimately stole the Supreme Court because they can't get their class, their kiss-up kicked down, I got mine, sucks to be you, F you, racist, fake, I love life, bullshit ideology on the American people. They don't want it. The people don't want it. The American people do not want what the Republicans are pushing. I'm sorry, Tara Jr. Jr. That's clear. So how do you fix it? Let's see what she says. I firmly think it's a dangerous precedent. I think that by adding uh, uh, justices to the nine-person court right now um, will be a, a, a game that cuts two ways. When the party mm-hmm. changes and the power changes, they can keep adding and stacking more justices. Mm-hmm. RBG herself actually said she never agreed with that. By politicizing the court, she said it it starts a dangerous trend. And why it's already you know, we politicized. talk all the time about the Republicans uh, politicizing this court, the solution is not to then politicize the court well, and what add is more it? justices. Well, what's so the solution? I would love an answer, but he's he said he doesn't support it in the past, so I'm holding firmly that he doesn't going forward. Who's uh, this but lady anyway? I think anyway. he has an easy answer. Just say he doesn't agree with it, but he's open to a good argument. You know, there are other ways to answer it than looking like you're not answering it. Right. Who cares? Well, well, she may, shouldn't answer it. I, I mean... I just think it's interesting because talking about politicizing the court, you know, uh, really? Clarence Thomas and Justice Alito decided they weren't going to hear uh, uh, a trial because the courts, they felt the court had been cavalier in the treatment of religion mm-hmm. in the Obergefell case. My mind's bad. He wrote, the court has created a problem that only it can fix. And what I've been hearing is people keep saying, well, the, the Supreme Court is not there to fix the issues, but it is because we would never have gotten the right to vote had it not come through the Supreme yeah. Court. We would have never gotten the right to have our kids go to school with white kids if it hadn't come through the Supreme Court. So yes, we do. We have to go through the Supreme Court. And the politici- when you politicize that court, They've you take it out it. of it's being a court that is looking at the good of the country that starts to look at the good That's of the party. And that is Shoving the problem. There. We are now about the party. It's not just the party. It's about the corporate interests. It's about keeping the United States the least upwardly mobile country of all the OECD nations. It's about ensuring that the gap between rich and poor remains the way it is, wider than it was in ancient Rome. We went from the most to the least upwardly mobile. That's the way they like it. There is a reason why. That's why Amy Coney Barrett, that's why they're putting her on there. So she can rule in favor of the already rich 
the elites, not in favor of we the people, of e pluribus unum, all of that other stuff, her, her, her uh, homophobic bullshit, her fake life, uh, she's all about life, she's about nothing but birth. That's all, that is just gravy. What she's there to do is to nullify the, uh, the American dream. Well, to ensure that the American dream, see, the, the Republicans redefined the American dream. It used to be that it was commonly understood as you, we can all have a decent middle-class life. We, all Americans are entitled to a decent middle-class life. That is your American birthright. And that's what attracted the world to want to come here. That's the American dream. Not that you can be a billionaire. You too can figure out some scam so you can F over your fellow human beings and step on them on the way to the top and leave people behind. That even, so the, the CEO, when in that time, the great prosperity, when you know, that's the time in, the Amer in American history that the Republicans, they all long for the good old days. But they don't long for the, the good old days that, you know, uh, for the social mobility, the upward mobility, and the income, the, the slightest income gap. We, was the, we were the most upwardly mobile. They're not, they're not longing for that. They're longing for the racial hierarchies, the women knowing their place. That's what they're longing for. That's the good old days where you could work. I love this whole, um, the, the fiction they tell each other that, oh, my father, we all hear it when uh, on the, well, the Republican convention, not this time. We, we, we heard it more when, I mean, cause this time it was all about Twitler, but the last Republican convention where they were all saying, oh, my uncle, my, my grandfather, my father came here with $5 in his pocket. He worked in a coal mine and he, they have this, they tell each other this fiction as if the grandpappy working in the coal mine was able to scrape out a decent middle-class life because he worked, he just worked his ass off as if, we don't work our asses off now. If he was able to scrape out a living, that's because he had a union that fought, that stood up, that collectively bargained for living wages and retirement security and benefits that he can send kids to college. He might be able to buy a house. He or. You know, the stuff that you don't do today, that you can't do today, because Republicans have destroyed unions. We went from 35% unionization in this country to now around 7%. And it's not enough for them. So you don't have to be, um, you don't got to figure it out. It's the policies. It's not about hard work. I don't care how, how hard you work. 
if the game is rigged against you, you're not going anywhere. And if you're that one person, that's the other thing that the Republicans like to do. They point to somebody. Oh, look, here's somebody that got out of the, the uh, inner city. You know, you work, you play basketball or something. They, they hold someone up, the one that they pull out and put into the 1%. They hold that person up as the, as the standard. Oh, look, see, everybody can do that if he did it. But that's the, if that's the, the exception that proves the rule, basically. It's not that the American people don't know hard work. Nobody works harder than those who, than the poor, that's for sure. Nobody works harder than this, the people in this country. They, we know, we have the statistics. Productivity is at record highs, but so is corporate profits. We have the most profitable corporations in the history of Earth. But we still have a majority of Americans who can't save $400 or the majority... 80% living check to check? That's ridiculous. That's not American. I mean, well, I mean, maybe it is, but that's what they want to design. They want us to think that that's, uh, it's, it's not the system. It's our failing. We failed. We, we're not working hard enough. We're not driving our Ubers. We have to sleep sometimes. We're not driven enough. <sighs> Christ on a bike. And they believe it. These Trumpanzees, they tell each other these tales. And all they are are dupes. Useful idiots. Useless idiots of the, of the class war. Suckers, as Jay Gould said, I can pay one half of the working class to kill the other half. That's who they are. They're the, they're the suckers cheering this con man who hates them. He laughs at them more. I mean, I don't, I can't stand them either because they're tedious dupes who are tricked by the oldest tricks in the book. And they're they're racists. They're, I mean, that's that's the oldest trick in the book, really. Divide and conquer. But you know, um, I don't hate them. And as far as progressive policies are concerned, we are fighting for them too. But what are they doing? They're drinking liberal tears. Well, that means thank you again for proving me correct. Republicans, the dumb dumbs, the average dupes, they're not patriots. Fly that flag all you want, honey. If you're motivated by drinking the tears of your fellow Americans, you're not a patriot. You're disgusting. You're a disgusting dupe of a, of a bunch of party of sociopaths that couldn't give a shit whether you lived or died. They were all crying about their pre-existing conditions, protections. Who gave you those fucking protections, you freaks? 
Obama. He did something that the Republicans, that's the Republican health care plan. That's why it sucks. And then they pull out the pieces, like the Jenga board, hoping it'll fall over. Like, what was, um, I'm sick of looking at these ladies here. Isn't that what Marco Rubio, he's, this is what I can't stand, these Republicans. Um, Marco Rubio, I'm just looking something up, as far as as Obamacare. Uh, Risk Corridor. He, okay, so they, they destroy, this is what Republicans do. They, they sabotage, they sabotage government. They sabotage decency, everything that's, uh, that makes this country great. And then they cry that it's not working. That's what they did with, with, uh, Obamacare with, and Marco Rubio, the same uh, he's the one that killed the risk corridors because they all say, oh, it's so expensive. Well, thank Marco Rubio. They sabotage the bills. They sabotage Obamacare. They made it like this. They made it. So it sucks. I mean, it does suck because it was it's the Republican health care plan to keep private insurance in power. That's it. You know that. The Democratic health care plan is Medicare for all. It always has been. So they take their... So Obama, being the unbelievably annoying Republican that he is, and he was. He was a Republican. He was an Eisenhower Republican. So he... Of course he was. Known by his fruits pushing their GOP health policy, their their own policies back at them, hoping that they will see the light. Uh, it, I think it took him eight years to figure it out, that they weren't coming around. It was so frustrating. He would say, and Obama would say in, in um, interviews, oh, I think after the election, the fever will break. The fever? No, it won't. I know. How are you? So, let me see. Here's uh, an article. Marco Rubio may not have killed the ACA, but a new study suggests that he bruised it. Leslie Small from Fierce Healthcare. I'm not really sure about this website, but... Had the Federal Risk Corridor Program not ended in 2017 and been defunded even earlier by Republicans in Congress, the individual market premiums would not have risen so sharply, according to research. Of course, what will they say? What will Newton Huff say? Fake news, fake news. He doesn't realize well, future generations will realize it. Maybe he'll realize it. Who knows? One day he'll wake up and say, I'm like those good Germans who cheered Hitler because he built the Autobahn and said nothing while my fellow Germans were disappearing in the middle of the night. But, oh, no, no, I never supported him. I never did. I never supported Hitler. 
Maybe they'll wake up. But here's, this is what they do. They destroy it. And what do you think if I Googled now Marco Rubio? Let's see what I can find. All right, Tara Jr., I got to put you down. Because he's right. He's sitting on the keyboard. Um, Marco Rubio. Let's see. Uh, criticizes Obamacare. Let's see if we can find something. Mm. It's all articles about this. Rubio says he'll review he'll review the Obamacare repeal bill. Marco Rubio, it's all articles about him undermining Obamacare. <clears throat> so anyway, to make um to continue with this, the risk corridor program, one of the three premium stabilization programs put in place by the ACA, subsidized insurers whose medical costs exceeded a set target and taxed insurers with costs below that target. So the government made a deal with these um, health care racket, these health racketeers that, okay, you have to insure everybody, not like you used to, not like the Republicans are bringing us, bringing us back to when you wouldn't cover pre-existing conditions or you could deny coverage altogether from somebody. That, you know, you, or you can charge women more than men. Or whatever, it, any little thing. If somebody got sick, you would review their whole application and find something that they neglected to reveal or something that you could use as a justification to kick them off the plan when they needed it the most. Or, I, I, and this is what they, that's what they did all of the time. That's why... The American people needlessly died with insurance. And a a million Americans would declare medical bankruptcy every year with insurance. So, but Marco Ruby, so the the Republican health care plan known as the Affordable Care Act, they made a deal with these racketeers. Okay, we will ease your pain because we know that you don't, give a shit about anybody's health. You're just in it for the money. You want them, you want to suck on their miseries. You want to ride their tumors and their diabetes and their miseries to the bank. And you don't get rich by providing care. So we wanted, now that we've regulated you, to provide care instead of just treat people as hosts from which to suck profit, we will ease your pain by giving you these subsidies called risk corridors. I don't know why. I'm not sure why. But the program was set to expire in 2016, but it was hobbled early by an omnibus spending bill provision championed by Marco Rubio, which prohibited it from paying out more than it receives in collections. In fact... Previous media reports noted that Rubio claimed he killed Obamacare by cutting pivotal funding to insurers. 
Indeed, the result was that the government's unpaid debt to insurers has now swelled to $12.3 billion, leading some insurers to sue over the shortfall. But how did that fuel the rising individual market premiums? As outlined in a study published by the National Bureau of Economic Research, those researchers found that insurers making risk corridor claims in 2015 had 7% higher premium increases over the next two years than non-claiming insurers. There was also evidence of a spillover effect. In other words, those with more competitors making risk corridor claims in 2015 saw larger premium growth. He screwed us. That's what they do. You get it? Either way, when they're in control, when Republicans are in control, the American people get screwed. The American people needlessly die. They kill themselves. They go bankrupt. They are at each other's throats. They are turned into the useful idiots in their own demise. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. All right. Where I wanted to read this other thing about the Supreme Court. The justices. Ugh. Wait a minute. I just saw Mitch McConnell. Ugh. Gross. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to introduce a targeted COVID-19 relief package. Go screw yourself. What took you so long? Don't worry. Oh, it's probably because it's not looking good for Twitler's election. Okay, here's from National Geographic. Amy McKeever. Why the Supreme Court ended up with nine justices. The U.S. Supreme Court has changed size seven times in its first 80 years alone, from as few as five justices to as many as 10. Now some argue it's time to revisit the issue. Nine justices make up the U.S. Supreme Court, one chief justice and eight associate justices, but it hasn't always been this way. For the first 80 years of its existence, the Supreme Court fluctuated in size from as few as five to as many as 10, before settling on the current number in 1869. Here's how the court ended up with nine justices and how that could change. When the founding fathers set out to establish the U.S. Supreme Court at the Constitutional Convention in 1787, they kept the details vague. There are no constitutional requirements for age, experience, or citizenship of Supreme Court justices, nor did the Constitution establish how many justices could make up the court. Instead, it left many of the details up to Congress and the president. Two years... Oh, wait, here's why filling out... Okay, that's another thing. Blah, blah, blah. Two years later, the first Congress passed the Judiciary Act of 1789, signed into law by George Washington which established a court of six justices responsible for ensuring the constitutionality of laws enacted by the executive and legislative branches. Okay, Junior, you just stepped on the damn keyboard. 
blah, blah, blah. You made me lose my place. Okay, a law placed the Supreme Court at the top of a three-tiered federal court system. At the lowest level, each state would have a federal judge presiding over district courts hearing minor cases. Sarah, you're doing it again. Jesus. All right, let me see. Let's just get to the bottom of this. Court packing. The Supreme Court has remained stable with nine justices serving on the bench, but that doesn't mean politicians haven't tried to change things. Most famously in the 30s, when FDR grew frustrated as the Supreme Court began striking down the New Deal laws. Junior! He keeps hitting the keyboard. And it rolls. God damn it, you lost my spot. Damn it. All right. He crafted... Okay, New New Deal laws he crafted to end the Great Depression. In February 1937, he floated the idea of increasing membership of the Supreme Court to 15 justices. The idea was wildly unpopular, even among Roosevelt supporters. It was described as court packing, an attempt to sway the court in his favor by creating new seats filled by justices he would be able to appoint and would thus likely be sympathetic to his policies. Well, when the American people are standing on the breadlines and, you know, fascism is sweeping Europe, we could have went either way at that time. Thankfully, we had a decent human being. FDR in the White House, who believed in democracy and not fascism, because we would have had, uh, we've always been teetering on the edge of fascism in this country because of the racism, and that's the truth. Racism, in fact, that's one of the, it's not just an original sin, it is, uh, (laughs) it's prohibitive to democracy. We have to deal with our racist history and our racism if we wanted to ha- if we want to have a functioning society. And I know how to fix it. You get it. You guys know. We talk about it on this show. I know how to fix it. Well how? You guys know. Leave no one behind. That's how you will fix will begin to heal this country. We have to push the patriotic imperative of leaving no one behind. Everybody in, nobody out. That's the kind of society we will have. We will have that one day. Whether I'm alive to see it is another story, meaning that it might be so far off that... It might be hundreds of years off, but we will have to go. If this country is going to survive in its form, which is highly, uh, it's not a given at this point. If we are ever going to actualize democracy, the aspirations in our founding documents, we will have to have a society. We will have to get to the point where we understand that Leaving no one behind is the only American way. 
it's it's not about taking a knee or it doesn't matter if you even feel it inside. You could still be a bigot. You could still be Newton Huff. But it's an action. Healing, unity, that's an action. We prove it not just by, oh, yeah, an action is taking a knee. That's not, that is a symbol. We, we make a statement. We say we're in this together. It's not just a, it's not just on our uh, national motto, e pluribus unum. We put e pluribus unum in action. We don't leave anybody behind. We don't leave them behind in sickness, in ignorance, without a home, without, we don't leave them behind hungry. We're in this together. And that's the only way we will ever have a functioning society. And in fact, look around the world. The democracies that are functioning, that's how they do it. Everybody in, nobody in. None of this, I got mine shit. I got mine, so I I don't want to lose mine by making sure that we all have health care. This is one of the things that make me want to puke. That's why I want to puke all the time. I got mine. They push this I got mine shit on us. So that's why we have to push the patriotic imperative on them. Shame them. Shame them. If you think that you got yours is the American dream, is that, that's e pluribus unum, then you're not a patriot. (laughs) Worse, you're an antagonist to everything we're trying to do. To everyone who ever sacrificed for this country. Okay, so... Let's see, the idea was wildly unpopular. Okay, ultimately the Senate voted against the plan, 70 to 20. The long-standing political tradition reshaped the court to reshape the court has not died in recent years Trump and a Republican led Senate have overseen a shift in the court's political balance from moderate to conservative they've overseen it they've rammed it through despite receiving fewer votes bullshit this shift started in 2016 with the death of conservative Justice Antonin Scalia. Oh, remember? And I played the clip on the sh- show yesterday, Amy Coney Barrett saying, well, it's not just that it's a Supreme Court seat is vacant. It is a conservative Supreme Court seat, which would fundamentally... Oh, Jay goes the light. Oh, great. Which would fundamentally change... As if this, what they're doing, won't fundamentally change the makeup of the court. How dare they? The, the hypocrisy. Why am I screaming? All right. The hypocrisy. 
<laughs> Liberals fear that a conservative court will reverse several landmark decisions, including Roe versus Wade, Oberf- Oberfell versus Hodge, which recognizes same-sex marriage, of course, and the Affordable Care Act protections for immigrants. The court is often split five to four. Oh, my God. Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg, then mayor of South Bend, Indiana, advocated for expanding the court back to 15 justices with an aim to depoliticize it. According to his plan, five justices would be affiliated with Democrats, five with Republicans, and five would be apolitical, chosen by their colleagues. That's not a bad idea. On September 18th, the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ugh, this is so heartbreaking. Why couldn't she hang on? (laughs) That's why, you know, for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for us all. I'm sure she was, she was suffering knowing that she wasn't going to make it to the election. All right. Yes, I know. Andrea says they are just too stupid to see their hypocrisy. Or does it even matter to them? Since they are, um, their, their goal is, it's sort of like by any means necessary. That's why these religious freaks, I suppose, that's how they justify all of their hypocrisy, their lies, their... And the other thing, and I always say how this is how we know we will win because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, democracy. That is the truth. So, for example, somebody... You guys know this. I told you before. They... um, Somebody signed me up. I also get... um, where is it? I don't know how this happened. Oh, where the heck is it? I thought I put it over here. You know, I've been getting Donald Trump mail. Some fucking... How'd they get my fucking name? Excuse my language. Why am I cursing? I'm just pissed. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, and of course, they signed me up for conservative emails and crap but but I don't I didn't take myself off because I figure oh well uh, it's good research so I received this conservative or you know fascist not conservative they're not conservatives what are they conserving they're not conserving democracy they're conserving what are they conserving They're not conserving the environment. They're not conserving decency, dignity, democracy. They're not conserving anything that's worth conserving. They're not conservative. I wish they were. So I got this email. Where the fuck is it? In the meantime, become a patron at patreon.com 
slash Tara Devlin. And I want to thank all the super chatters tonight. Keep it up. Keep it up. Tell your friends. Keep it up. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Oh, man. Come on. Where is it? I hate when this happens. That's why I need patrons. Anyway, I got an email about... It was some conservative email, and they were like, here, we have... We have merchandise. And I want to vomit. I'll show you what their mer merchandise is. No, that's not it. Mm-mm-mm. Here we go. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. I swear, it's coming any minute now. Wait for it. Here it is. Look at this shit. Look what they're selling. Notorious ACB. Oh, where have I seen that before? Right here. The famous notorious RGB. RBG, I mean. They're derivative. I say this all the time. We know that we will win because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of decency and the right side of democracy. And they always, and, and this is how you know, we're on the right side of humanity because even the right-wingers have to pretend that they're us, that they're like us, that they care. So they have to co-opt everything that we are. They, they can't come up with their own thing. They got to steal. Who, who is this bitch? Notorious ACB. Why is... Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG, because she was on the vanguard of women's rights and human rights. She is a trailblazer who opened doors, who left no one behind, who gave, the, uh, gave America something to be proud of, who brought us who made us a more perfect union. Who fought for the little guy. What does this bitch do? Notorious? How dare you? You, you derivative fascist bastards. Just like all the fascists throughout history. The autocrats have to pretend that they're doing it for the people. She, we gotta, she's gotta pretend. She's like the notorious RBG. What is she notorious for? For being a lick spittle? For the, for the well-heeled? For licking corporate taint? For kicking down on the people that want, that want justice, that are living this goddamn life that have to share the same air with the fascists who are trying to keep them in their place. And they're trying to rest a little bit 
of decency and 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 uh, equality, some justice. They don't, go, but they go to her because she was put on the court illegitimately in an illegitimate court seat, and now in an Ill- illegitimate Supreme Court seat. So she's notorious ACB. She hasn't done a goddamn thing except pamper the powerful. That's not notorious. That's the kind of shit we fought a revolution against. And guess what? We are, we have to do it again. We have to fight that revolution again. Because we have allowed them to get away with it for too goddamn long, for taking away the American dream, giving it all to the same big moneyed interests who have always had their boot on our goddamn necks. And she's, she's one of their agents, the agent of oligarchy. She's notorious. She's notorious because she has no decency. She's got no honor. Like all of them. Unbelievable. And here's another thing. In their in their goddamn store. It just irritates me cuz they're that's who they are. They have to pretend. You know, because otherwise, on their own, they create things like, you know, oh, drinking liberal tears mugs. Because they're not patriots. Who thinks that's funny? First of all, we, it is so out of the realm of possibility that liberals, normal people, Democrats, Americans, patriots who love this country would create merchandise or be motivated by um, drinking conservative tears. It would not happen. If somebody said to me, let's make a mug for the RDT Daily merchandising store that says, mm, yum, conservative tears, for that, it would never happen, first of all. And second of all, if it did, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? You sick in the head? We're not about drinking anybody's tears. We're about making a country that works for all. You know, I don't want to drink Newton Huff's tears. I want to make sure that Newton Huff, when his fat white boy diet finally catches up to him and he needs insulin, that he will not have to go bankrupt, that he won't be denied, that he can go to a doctor when sick. That's what we're working for. Here's the other thing that annoyed me here. Another, I was like, where have I seen this before? It's, um... It's a it's a derivative of this. 
love is love. Look here, let me open it up here. Mm -mm. Wait, you're not, are you saying that? Oh yeah, here we go. This is the original. Love is love. Black lives matter. Climate change is real. Women's rights are human rights. Immigrants make America great. Kindness is everything. And here's the right wing version of that. In this house, we believe all lives matter. Oh, God. Unborn rights are human rights. Not women's rights are human rights. Unborn. Unborn? Well, when you're born, F you. Nations have borders? Which one is that? Climate change is real. They don't even want to talk about climate change. Nations have borders? Yeah, nobody says nations don't have borders, dumb bitch. No one says that. Not even me. Because I believe that, yeah, we have borders. You have to. And if in those borders, you have to have laws that, you know, enable us all to have a decent life. So, you know who doesn't like borders? Twitler. Mike Pence. The Republicans. They don't like borders. Be you know why? Oh, they tell you they like borders. They don't like borders because the Koch brothers don't like borders. The Mercers don't like borders. Oh, and especially the Waltons, the Walton families, the Walmart, uh, Walton family, they don't like borders because they want to they want to use all that cheap goddamn wage slave labor. They don't want borders, bitch. You're being played. <clears throat> exactly. They only wave the flag and say, oh, we like borders. Yeah, USA, USA. While they want you, want the American worker, they're, they're, you see, their whole, um, their whole plan to make the American worker, um, to put the American manufacturing base back together and make the, you know, America great like that, have jobs for American, is to make you compete with the wage slave nations by paying you like the wage slave nations, by eliminating the standards. You see, the Waltons, they don't like borders because they want to get that cheap wage slave labor. They don't want to have to pay a, a, fa a factory with a union that has to pay a living wage that has standards and environmental standards where you can't just dump your shit into the, in, you know, in, into the goddamn commons, wherever that may be, or into some stream or wherever you're getting your, your ringworm and your tapeworms from, or, I mean, it's, that's, who doesn't like borders? But they're so played. And you know what that translates into? Nations have borders. What that says is, 
I'm a racist and I am too dumb. I'm so bamboozled by my own ignorance that of racism. I'm talking as a right winger now. So don't clip out this clip. <laughs> and uh they're saying what they're saying, they're declaring their own that they're racist. That's what they're declaring. Nations have borders and they're saying um fuck off. You're not welcome, even though this is a nation of immigrants. I mean, we can go into the whole thing. It's a nation of immigrants that we have, yeah, we have borders, and we wrote laws that said, hey, if you are in danger and you're seeking asylum, you have the right to present yourself at that border and go before a judge. And we hope, before the Republicans corrupted the courts, that the judge you would see is not an unqualified ideologue fascist placed there to ensure that democracy doesn't break out anymore. Oh, I can't stand them. But that's what they're saying. Nations have borders. Well, how about you secede and put that border around yourself and, and build a wall. I'll be all for it. And look at this one. This, the next one. So in the normal people meme, immigrants make America great. And then, that, well, they, let me see. There's others too. Kindness is everything. Yeah, it's kind of the same. All of the science is real. Women's rights are human lives. Black lives matter. News isn't fake. No human is illegal. Love is love. And of course, they have to go to, instead of love is love, God loves you. Oh, God loves us. Great. God? Who's your God? God. What God? I wish God. God. Their God is money. Stupidity, ignorance. God loves you, but because Republicans never will, God loves you. So that lets you off the hook, right? Right, wingers? You put this in front of your house, you think you're clever? You're not clever. You're so transparent. And I'm breaking it down for you, so I hope. It's like putting a mirror up. And you look at yourself, and I hope you can see what's working and what's not working, because it's not working. You're part of the problem. You are what the founders warned us about. About the enemies from within. Uh, you know, you don't mean it. You're useless idiots. Because your racism, your ignorance, you're easily played by con men and because of your your willful ignorance and ra your racism it really makes you an easy mark it's really i'm sure so difficult to be a racist in a in a nation of immigrants it's hard for you so that's why you watch fox news and you you remain in your bubble cuz they keep regurgitating the same shit, but really, you know, so you feel like, you know, it's a, it, it's really just a circle jerk of idiocy, but what they're doing to you is playing you like the mark that you are. 
instead of looking at yourself saying like, why am I spending my limited lifespan being an ignorant racist, being stupid and a dupe of a con man and a bunch of grifters who hate democracy and all they want to do is make money off our backs and we have more in common with each other as working people, regardless of our pigment, than we do with the friggin' goddamn Walton family who pay no taxes and send jobs overseas and buy politicians and corrupt government. So it remains that way. And you get rid into the bank while their propaganda outlets blare constantly, tickling your easily tickled racist funny bone, telling you all your problems are because of somebody with darker pigment that isn't working. It's taking advantage. Don't you see the game? How, I mean, are you that dumb? Right-wingers. Really? You Are you that dumb? <clears throat> Trump University is not a university. Trump Network vitamins are not vitamins. They're fake. Trump's, they're fake like Trump's origin story. He's not a billionaire. He's not even a successful businessman. God damn it. That's not fake news. Anybody who attacks the pillars of democracy is the enemy of the people, not the press, God damn it. And then the last one, the coup de grace of ignorance. So kindness is everything in the normal people parlance. Hard work is everything. Hard work? You are really a sucker. Not that people don't believe in hard work. Of course, everybody believes in hard Most people do. You know what I mean? But you can work. I don't care how hard you work. If the game is stacked against you, you ain't getting anywhere. You are a sucker, a sap. Hard work is everything. That's why unions fought, bled, and died. People had their skulls crushed. They were shot. They were murdered. I'm all saying, well, shot and murdered. They were attacked for generations. Working people fought for a seat at the table. It wasn't just, oh, I'll work, work, work. They understood who their enemies were, that the big moneyed interests who didn't want, who wanted to keep them in their place. They didn't all of a sudden wake up and say, oh, gee, I feel like trickling some benefits, some decent middle-class life onto the, the workers who make my profits possible. You see what we're up against? <clears throat> Hard work means it's nobody works harder than the poor. 
especially in this country. Hard work is everything. You know what else? That's why, what do you mean hard work is everything? Kindness. How about that? Try it. Stop being a sucker. You're a sucker. If this is what you think, I, I just explained it all to you. Unborn rights are human rights. I wish. If you, if be, how about worry about the born rights for a minute and keep your, your, your nose out of somebody's business. All lives matter. I wish. I wish all lives mattered. Because if all lives mattered, we wouldn't have to say black lives matter. You know that. You're only saying all lives matter because you don't give a shit. You don't mean that. You mean white lives matter. You mean your life matters. I, I can't stand Republicans. They only see the light when something affects them directly. And this is that's not patriotism, frankly, everyone. And that's this is what needs to happen. When we see media pundits or Trumpanzees or idiots or even pr those pretending to be on our side saying things like, uh, you know, I got mine. I got my health care. My union negotiated for my... Then you tell them, you remind them that e pluribus unum doesn't mean I got mine. And if anybody is left behind, we are all left behind. If anybody is out in the cold, we're all out in the cold. That's us. We are all vulnerable. If any worker is mistreated and is exploited, we are all that worker. Any law, if any cop can assassinate someone on the street and not give them their day in court, then we are less free. Oh, it doesn't seem that hard to me. Oh, I thought I heard the cat. Oh my God, everybody. How's life going on the stream? Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Leave it to Cleve says, I feel like I'm in church. Liberals prefer socialism, not democracy. Oh my God. I don't want to be here another hour explaining it. Liberals prefer socialism. What are you talking about? We prefer a government that works for all. And that comes with having a constitutionally limited democratic republic that, you know, s democratic socialism, like socialist security. When we pay our taxes and we have a functioning democracy and our representatives in that democracy b because we voted and free and fair elections and the people who received the most votes got to serve, then we say to them, this is the kind of society we would like. When you put your money in the till, it gets divvied up. 
So we like some for health care, and we like some for education. Everybody in, nobody out. And we, then we write laws that say, if you're a corporation in this country, that you have to re, you have to, you have to treat your workers in a certain way. You can't just have a, uh, you know, whatever. You can't just sell some lemon and call it a car, just like you can't sell something that doesn't have pre-existing conditions protections and call it health insurance. So we set the rules of the game. So I don't know what you're talking about. Liberals prefer socialism, not democracy. That sounds like another bullshit, stupid distraction that means nothing. But that's how Republicans roll. Like, it's sort of like uh, in the vein of Margaret Thatcher. So this is one that they all love to quote. Margaret Thatcher said that sooner or later you run out of people's money. <laughs> and that's really not true, especially in the United States, where you print your own money. Oh, my God. But it's about, it's a moral document. Everything we do, we don't leave anybody behind. That liberals prefer socialism, not democracy. What does that mean, dummy? Fascist uh, Republicans prefer a dictator, not democracy. Clearly. Oh, God. Where's my cat? No wonder I have three cats and not in, in a one-bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? I've, I wish I could have 50 cats in here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. Republicans want a dictator. Oh, no, I'm not just saying that. They don't like democracy. Republicans want a dictator. Let's see here. Supposedly representing us in Washington. Seriously, if you want to take it back, it's citizen involvement. You can take the trash out. Okay, this is from, I know the audio sucks, but this is a scene from the circus. That Showtime show. And here's a lady. Um, Steve Bannon is doing some kind of focus group with the fascists and the and the morons and their Lickspittle Appreciation Society. And this lady stands up and says... Never in my life did I think I would like to see a dictator. But if there's going to be one, I want it to be Trump. And did you see Steve Bannon? I know it's hard to hear. Never in my life did I want there to be a dictator. But if there's going to be one, I want it to be Trump. And look at Steve Bannon. Uh, they should have... At that point, everybody... You know what they should have done? These are the f patriots, right? The ones who wrap themselves in the flag. They got a flags everywhere, flags up the wazoo. At that point, they all should have went, boo! If Imagine now, if you will, you don't have to 
you don't have to really imagine too hard. Imagine if we were, if that was a bunch of Democrats, liberals and normal people, and uh, whatever, getting together in some focus group or whatever, and somebody stood up and said, you know, I never thought I'd want a dictator, but if I... If I if I was gonna have one, I wanted to be Joe Biden. What would happen? Not only would nobody ever say that, but they would be booed. They would be like, "Get the hell out of here! Sit down! Shut up! Boo!" Am I wrong? Of course not. Not that I'm not wrong at times. I mean, I was wrong once in 1972. But never since. But you know that. You on you know that. It, it, absolutely. That's why, same thing, what I was saying earlier. There would be no way a Twitler would ever become the standard bearer of the Democratic Party. It would never happen. All right, guys. I'm gonna... I'm gonna say good night. We are all here. What is this? We are over here listening. When did asking for a little of your combined taxes with all become social? I know, really. They're being bamboozled. Being bamboozled by this by the by the freaking big moneyed interest like, you know, FDR, they um Teddy Roosevelt, they all warned us. We're up against them and they're useless idiots. I want them to wake up and say like, oh, gee, you're, you're absolutely right. I see. I see the light. We have to make our choice. We can have concentrated wealth in the hands of a few or we can have democracy, but we can't have both, of course. It makes sense. Of course we need progressive taxation, because we can't have an intergenerational aristocracy, the likes of which the founders rebelled against. It's not that hard. Oh, sooner or later you run out of people's money. What they're talking about, all they're doing when they say things like that is that they are acting like the useless idiots in the demise of democracy. Sooner or later, we're not talking about other people. We're talking about the top 1%, the billionaires. There should be no billionaires in a, in, at all, first of all. And there should be, especially in a free democratic society. That is the private money, big moneyed interests, like FDR said, who can reach out, reach out, to control government itself. All right? And this is why we have to tax them at a higher rate, and we need progressive taxation and an estate tax so we don't have an intergenerational aristocracy. Oh, well, they won't want to live here. What did FDR say? Oh, they don't want to live here? Because they will pay taxes. They'll still be rich. We always had rich people. They will be rich. But they won't be so rich that they have enough money to buy government and enough left over to go to fucking Mars. 
Excuse my language. Why am I cursing? Oh, and Jenna, Jenny Fur on Facebook asks, Hi, Tara. How is Ray? How is Ray? He's so good. He's such, he's the goodest cat. He is the cutest. I've never met, I love them all. I love all my cats and all my animals, as we all do. They all have their own personalities, but it's hard to believe that Ray was a street cat. He's the sweetest. I haven't seen a single act of aggression. He hasn't hissed, scratched, even, you know, in fear. He hasn't bitten. He is really sweet. Poor Ray. I'm trying to find a good picture of him. I feel bad for them all. The ones left out there. I wish I could save them all. And if you join our Discord server, you can see pictures of Ray, pictures of Francis Jr. Jr., Tara Jr. Jr., and other and our community posts the pictures of their cats and others and other and we share. We just share and care. Where is Ecam? Hold on and then where is my e-cam? Bam, bam. Here is Ray. Look how cute he is. Recovering from his ball removal surgery. Look at that face. He's just a little yellow eyes. Let's see if I have any other pictures. Of course I have. Let's see if I have any. I have a million pictures. I was taken by surprise. That's when I brought him home after the ball removal surgery. I put him in the crate, but I didn't keep him in there long. I wanted him to settle down and not hurt himself because he was loopy, actually. He was high. I was taken by surprise by a pair of yellow eyes. In the merry, merry month of May. Where's all my photos? Let's see. Here's me and Ray. Sitting. See? Ray is on my shoulder. A little ray of sunshine on my shoulder. Where else? I can't wait till everyone's together. Ray, Tara Jr. Jr., Francis Jr. Jr. Look at Ray. <laughs> He's so funny looking. Look at his face. He's cute. Hmm, where else? He's just the cutest. That's it. That's all you can say. Cute. He's cute. He's good. He's got a good heart. <laughs> Greg is like Ray looks sort of stunned in that pic after the surgery that took away his manhood he's still man he's a man what's up with you guys he's all man Francis Jr. Jr. doesn't even have a penis or balls 
and he's all man. That's a he is definitely an all man cat. <laughs> yes, he's doing great, Jenny. He's really doing great. And tomorrow I'm taking off his cone. He'll be happy about that. And he'll be free. Free to be himself. He has no desire to go out anymore. He's like me. He wants he's been out. He's seen what's out there. He wants to stay in. And he likes looking out the window. I think that's so cute. He sits on the windowsill and he looks at looking over the city. I wonder what he thinks. <laughs> All right, my friend. The Frank ain't no good without the beans. Well, he's not going to need those beans. He's not having any other little rays. And honestly, I don't need him in my apartment spraying the apartment. That's what I said to my, well, the, the woman who works at the vet is also the vet's wife. And when I brought Tara Jr. Jr. in to have his balls removed years ago, he, I said, oh, I feel so bad when I was handing him over. And she, she said, you won't feel bad when he's spraying on your walls. And I said, get them, remove them immediately. Ready, aim, chop. It's true. So I don't need that shit. Marking, especially police. Marking their territory. I don't need that shit. All right, my friends, we got more sh stuff to talk about. There always is stuff. So become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. This is, this is kind of a short show tonight. <laughs> Usually it's a, it goes on for four hours. You're talking about church, being in church. It never stops. I also want to remind you guys that on Saturday, we're going to have a guest on the show, on our regular Saturday show, which is a two-hour show, and it's the one that goes on Progressive Voices. We will have a guest. Hold on. I just want to get a correct name. He wrote a book. He's my hero. He wrote a book. His name is Stephen Shanebart, PhD, and... He emigrated to Canada in 2016 after Trump was elected. Or, well, elected despite receiving fewer votes. And there is an article. He wrote an article for the Star. Fleeing Trump's America for Canada. This New Yorker did it. Now he's helping others follow. He might help me. Who knows? Let's see. Mm, mm, mm. I'm just one of the quotes in the article. He writes, My father was in the Holocaust, and I know personally that democracies can disintegrate and die. I don't think America's going to be as bad as Nazi Germany, but it doesn't have to be. It could be 10% as bad, and it's still worth it to leave. <laughs> yep. I struggle with staying and is there hope? That's what I struggle with. 
is there hope in this country if everything is rigged and we have so many stupid people dragging us back in spite of everything we do we're in the mi- in the majority we w- win the argument and they still drag us back you know why i mean this amy coney barrett they don't care you think the 1% you think the mercer family the walton family the cokes they don't give a shit about abortion or any or gay marriage no 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 they're throwing that to the dumbs the doodoos the dum dums the dupes while they laugh all the way to the bank. All right. You guys are great. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. Where's my applause? Thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Richard W., for your super chat. Wait. Thank you, Comfy Socks, for your super chat. Oh, Comfy Socks is here. Hold on, Comfy Socks. Thank you, Errol Thomas. For your super chat, let me see comfy socks. Cause haiku, we're get we're getting a second moderator on the stream. Not that you're not doing a fabulous job, of course, but comfy socks requested <clears throat> to be a moderator, and I said, yeah, why not? Why does haiku get all the fun? I'm trying to find you. Where are you? She's not here? Mm, I can only... If hi, if Comfy Socks is still in the chat, type something in chat. Because I can't make you a... Hmm. I'm trying to do it. Okay. I think I got it. I think I got it. Boom. Dip. Got it. All right, guys. Guys. Yes, the more mods, the better. Make Darth a mod. Who wants to be a mod? You want to be a mod, Darth? Do you want to be a mod? It's up to Darth. Two's company? Okay. Trust me, you don't want that. All right, well. It's all good. Join us on Discord. The link's in the chat. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Also, give the show a good review. Like and share with your friends. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. And work it because you are worth it. Even Newton Huff is worth it. So, hopefully we'll have a show tomorrow, especially if somebody becomes a patron. And I'll have more stories about Ray and everything. We'll talk about it all. My 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 depression, my 
insanity, not insanity, it's not insanity, my knot in my stomach. Oh, God, the struggles of life in these United States of serfs and lords. All right, my friends, let's uh, convince somebody to become a patron at patreon.com slash and we will have a show for definitely. Otherwise, we'll see, we'll see. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you all for hanging out. And like I say, we re- we know we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. I will see you possibly tomorrow. <laughs>